The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks, your climate focused podcast produced by the team at RepublicEN.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson. Super excited for the upcoming long Memorial Weekend. Listeners, sometimes I feel like I've been burning it on both ends, and that's definitely how I'm feeling right now. So looking forward to a little R&R, maybe some barbecue, and definitely a little bit of sleeping in. But a lot of work to be done before we reach that point, including um, introducing today's guest, Sarah Spence is the executive director of the Ohio Conservative Energy Forum, a movement of conservatives in Ohio, of course, who recognize clean energy as a solution to sustaining energy dominance, keeping our economy booming, and providing power to build and sustain the American way of life. The Ohio Conservative Energy Forum is a an affiliate of the Conservative Energy Network. As Price and I will get into in the wrap-up segment, we've really been able to um, mine a lot of guests from the Conservative Energy Network's um, state partner group. So very excited to have Sarah on the show, who has um, served with the forum since its inception in 2015. And she's going to talk to us about all the exciting clean energy developments in the Buckeye State. So listeners, stay tuned. Coming up super quickly, Sarah Spence. Welcome back, listeners. Straight from Ohio, I have Sarah Spence in conversation with us today. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chelsea. It's good to be here. So when I think of Ohio, I think of a couple of things. I think of football, of course. (laughs) Um, I think of Buckeyes. I don't automatically think of clean energy. What do you guys got going on in the state? Yeah, so Ohio, uh, we are uh, back to the heart of it all. Actually, we just changed our slogan back uh, to uh, to the heart of it all. Um, and it really is like the heart of it all when it comes to clean energy transition. So Ohio is pretty blessed with a lot of, um, you know, transmission lines. Uh, and so we're getting a lot of interest from clean energy developers to come in and, and take advantage of the, the ease to uh, hook up to transmission, uh, and then also the uh, the land that's available to, to build solar facilities and wind facilities in the state. Uh, I will say it's been a while since we've been able to do some wind facilities, um, but right now we're really concentrating on uh, utility-scale solar facilities. Hmm. We have, um, I think now, three that are operational uh, and five or six that are under construction and then we have about 12 gigawatts of solar uh, in the, the PJMQ uh, ready to, to go through the process to, to get built in the state. That's really interesting what you said about transmission lines, right? Because the energy has, whether we're talking about renewables or fossil, right? They, the energy has to get from point A to point B. It's not like magic. I wish it was like magic. And so for Ohio, you know, pretty centrally located in the Midwest to really be a gateway is what it sounds like you're saying is, is interesting to me. Do you have a lot of um, skirmishes about permitting and and ha- where those transmission lines might go? 
We do. Um, so we haven't, there's been some, I think, skirmishes around transmission. Um, really, we're, we're seeing a lot of more, I think, local pushback when it comes to the actual solar facility development. Um, we're seeing where counties are usually like the first or second project coming into the county. They're really excited about it. They're like, this is going to be great for, you know, our economic development. Mm. Um, but then once you hit the third or fourth project, a lot of opposition kind of starts popping up, um, kind of concerns over the use of farmland and how much farmland are we actually taking out of production in our county. Uh, and so it's really, we're doing a lot of education along those lines mm-hmm. um, more than than transmission itself. Yeah, I think that's really um, an issue that's cropping up everywhere. I live in Maryland and a few years ago, I remember that being an issue that there were concerns about some of the farmland being consumed, converted into, um, into utility scale solar. And so, yeah, I mean, these are definitely 21st century issues that we have to figure out because we still need to feed people, but it would be great if we could harness some of that natural, uh, that, that energy that is, um, ours and that we don't have to import from anywhere else. Yeah. And, and, you know, we really think, you know, farmers really do kind of feed and and fuel America. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times when you hear like that they feed and fuel America, you kind of almost think about the ethanol and and biodiesel, but really they can fuel America through solar, through wind on their facilities, biodigesters. So they can really be a part of, of America's energy grid. For sure. So what kind of are, so does the Ohio Conservative Energy Forum work primarily on um, on influencing local policies, on state policies, federal policies, maybe a little of everything? Yeah, so OSA focuses on a little of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly we work at the state level, uh, trying to make sure that we have good permitting processes mm-hmm. for clean energy development. Um, you know, making sure that there's kind of a level playing field when it does come to to energy production in the state. Uh, We also, uh, through, uh, we're partners with, uh, it's called Power a Clean Future Ohio. Um, I'm really excited about this program. Um, It was actually a a coalition program that has now grown into its own nonprofit. But we work with local uh, municipalities, villages, cities, county governments, to really help them transition to clean energy in a practical and economic way. And so it's fun because we're working with, uh, you know, villages like all the way up to county levels that, that run the gamut of political spectrum. There are conservative communities, there are bipartisan communities, there are more liberal communities, um, but they're all, they're all wanting to reduce their carbon emission mm-hmm. while also still like saving money for their residents being able to provide like more efficient services. Um, and so we have like technical team of experts that will kind of add some capacity to these like smaller locations to be able to go after things like state grants or the all the federal grants that are coming in um, and really being able to help prepare them uh, to make that clean energy transition. It sounds like there's a lot going on. And what um, is making me smile a little bit is that in 2009, maybe it was 2010, I went to Ohio with my former boss, um, the late Senator John Warner from Virginia. And um, I believe we had a retired um, naval officer with us as well. 
and we were traveling with the Pew Center um, or the Pew Charitable Trust. And we had a coffee in Cleveland for business leaders who wanted to learn more about um, the role that clean energy could play in making us more economically um, secure and nationally secure too. And at the time, you know, I feel like maybe clean energy was kind of a burgeoning or people were curious for sure about it. But one of the overwhelming things I remember was that ears perked up when people heard what Michigan was doing and it like Mm -hmm. stoked this interstate battle or this rivalry. We're like, well, if Michigan's doing it, we're going to do it and we're going to do it better. Exactly. (laughs) So how do how does Ohio stack up with Michigan? Fast forward 15 years from that visit I had. (laughs) Yeah. So fast forward 15 years. um, Unfortunately, Michigan is still a little ahead (laughs) when it comes to those things, but we are working very hard to, uh, to, to, you know, to have Ohio take it over. Um, you know, we're really very excited. We're getting a lot of, of EV manufacturing, a lot of uh, EV battery manufacturing coming into the state. Uh, so we're excited to see those those jobs come in, that economic development come in online. Um, you know, we, Ohioans are definitely a, a proud group. And so uh, we definitely kind of like that whole, like, you know, uh, made here used here kind of thing so i think that's you know one of the things that we want to try to talk about more when it comes to to clean energy and then um now being able to be a part of i mean ohio's had a long manufacturing history with automobiles so being able to you know continue to be a part of that supply chain is really exciting um so how does your office or your um, organization work um a lot with senator mike dewine's office so uh, he's now Governor DeWine. I'm sorry, Governor. Uh, he was Senator yes. when I was in the Senate. And so yes. I have a very hard time <laughs> calling people I, anything but Senator. Senator sorry. Right? No, I, I get it. I, <laughs> I worked in the, the Ohio legislature. So yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Um, but yeah, we do work a lot with, with Governor DeWine's office. Um, they have, through their economic development arm of Jobs Ohio, uh, they've been focusing a lot on on EV manufacturing yeah. uh, and making sure that you know energy is something that is a, a you know a stable supply for manufacturers and businesses in the state to take advantage of. Um, I think Ohio is somewhat unique, um, and we do have pretty good structure for power purchase agreements. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of businesses that are coming in, and they're investing in you know utility scale solar sites um, or smaller wind facilities. Uh, and, you know, that gives them 15 to 20 years of knowing what their actual energy price is going to be. Yeah. And so, you know, having that stability in, in business is key. And so I think that's one of the other things that's starting to attract uh, companies that want clean energy to the state. For sure. It would be great to have that kind of certainty, even as a, a residential user of energy, right? Right, <laughs> right exactly. Yeah. We now continue on the Eco Right Speaks podcast. Visit republicen.org online to sign up and stand with us. So your organization is an affiliate of the Clean Energy Network, which, so you've been around since 2015, is that right? Correct, yes. And CEN was founded maybe in 2010 or 2012 when Mark Pache first got that off the ground. And you and I were talking a little before the um, we started recording that it was such a great loss to um, the community when he mm-hmm. passed away. Um, was it just last year? Time feels like a, a warp to me right now. But, you know, he was so revolutionary in seeing the benefit of 
pitching or, or, or arguing for the need for clean energy from an economic and a business perspective. And I think did a, such a great job in helping foster groups like yours in several states at 23 states or 32. I mean, you're all over the U.S. now. We are. We're now in, in 24 states. 24 states. Okay. Um, and so we've not only do we have, um, you know, like state affiliates like OSEF, Mm-hmm. Um, in 17 states, we also have a program that's called the Land and Liberty Coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we work, Land and Liberty Coalition works with industry partners uh, to run more of kind of a grassroots, grass tops outreach mm-hmm. uh, to get su- support for specific uh, clean energy projects that are they're going into communities. And so educating the community um, and then trying to get support, like letters of support to send to either you know, county commissioners or like a power siding board or, or however the state actually runs their, um, their permitting processes for those facilities. And so then who do your partners tend to be? Um, so at least for Ohio, our partners tend to be a lot of um, utility scale sol- solar developers mm-hmm. or like, you know, clean energy developers in general yeah. um, that we work with. So if someone is, if just a regular, not affiliated with any kind of business venture, Ohioan, is that how you referred to yourselves? Ohioan yes. is Ohioans, listening yeah. to the show and wanted to get involved. Is there something for, is there grassroots opportunity to engage or is there some other place that you would send them to do that kind of um, one-on-one personal engagement? Yeah. I mean, they definitely can reach out to, to OSEF. We have a, a website, it's osef.org. Uh, and they can contact us and we can put them in contact with our Land and Liberty Coalition. Uh, we also will send out newsletters uh, to our our subscribers uh, so they can see kind of what's going on at the state house. Uh, and if you know we have a request to you know contact your legislator about a certain piece of legislation that's going through, um, they can get involved that way as well. So looking forward to the rest of kind of 2023, but even a little bit more beyond, what would you say is both the thing you're most excited about in this universe and also the obstacle that you're most worried about. And maybe we'll do the negative one first so we can end on a positive note. <laughs> sure. Um, so I think the the biggest obstacle is I think with the amount of development that wants to come into the state, mm-hmm. um, I think combating a lot of disinformation, misinformation mm-hmm. about clean energy um, is, is going to be a, a a real challenge, um, but something that I'm kind of looking forward to, to trying to, to crack yeah. that nut, yeah. uh, to be able to really, you know, talk about the, the economic importance of it, national security importance of it. Like it's, you know, electrons aren't Republican or Democrat, but it's something right. that we all need to use. <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, all energy production has like, great pluses and minuses. And so like, let's just have honest conversations about what we're willing to, to, you know, to have. So did you give me a twofer? Was your greatest thing you're looking forward to also the obstacle? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um, But I will say, actually, what I'm really excited about, at least this General Assembly period, um, is trying to, um, we think we're pretty close to getting legislation introduced for community solar, which Mm -hmm. would open up like an entire new market in the state of Ohio. Um, I mean, right now we can have rooftop and then we've got like the, you know, utility scale 50 megawatts and, and higher. And that community solar is really that like sweet spot to where, you know, you can have small, smaller scale projects, but it really helps out 
a lot of you know individuals who for some reason can't put roof on their solar yeah. or yeah. can't put solar on their roof and you know really kind of helps like just again open up an entire new market for for that well i can definitely um speak highly of community solar i signed up for it a few years ago and um in the me since i signed up for it it was sort of interesting because I would get two bills each month. I would get the Pepco bill and the neighborhood sun bill. And it was just really fun to watch the, the fossil fuel bill go down. I mean, the, the overall price ended up being about the same, right? But mm-hmm. just to sort of see, okay, I'm getting a lot more of the power from the community solar um, folks than I am from Pepco. And then I did get solar um, earlier this year, as our longtime listeners know, I had a lot of tree coverage, but unfortunately, um, some of those bigger trees were were ailing and needed to come down before they decided to come down on their own on my house or my neighbor's house. And once I did, I cleared up the the canopy over my house and became eligible for solar. So now I get to take advantage of both. So the little bit of power generation that I do take from the grid mostly comes from that community solar project. So I sort of feel like I got a twofer out of that in the end. Yeah. And, you know, and it is great. We, I worked with some um, neighborhood community groups to sign up other folks in my town. And it was really exciting to kind of see the reception and to feel like we could be part of something without mm-hmm. the expense and commitment of, of doing it as an individual. Yeah. I mean, we're really excited. So Ohio, so this would be for like Ohio's investor-owned utility areas, mm-hmm. um, but Ohio does have um, municipal utilities, mm-hmm. and so um, in Cleveland, there's actually it's it's the Huff neighborhood, and there's a community solar project going in there. But they have also so what they did they worked with the Cleveland Land Bank to get land from a um, you know couple of blighted houses that, that had to be torn down. Yeah. Um, and so they were actually able to use uh, land within that neighborhood. Uh, and they're teaming up with uh, like local trade unions to train some of the the residents to be able to actually install and work on and and you know maintenance and upkeep of this community solar uh, facility. And so then the neighborhood can subscribe to it, um, and then eventually ownership changes over to like the actual neighborhood they've created an LLC. Um, and so it kind of gives them a sense of pride, sense of ownership, but then also like they're they're starting to actually. Uh, you know, train for workforce development to be able to install not only their own solar, but then to be able to go out and and help other Ohioans um, install solar facilities as well. I kind of feel like you talked about changing your state motto. You got to steal Florida's and <laughs> be the sunshine state because it sounds like you have <laughs> a lot going on on the solar front, which is really exciting. And and you are a wind state as well. You did mm-hmm. mention at the beginning that you had a little bit more um, difficulties around wind or not as much um, wind coming online recently. Yeah, correct. Um, Unfortunately, back in 2014, the uh, General Assembly passed legislation um, or actually put an amendment into a bill kind of last minute that uh, created such egregious setbacks um, that it's very hard to actually um, cite wind in the state anymore. So interesting because I would if I, you know, knowing nothing else about the state would assume you had higher wind potential than sun potential, but uh, where there's a will, there's a way. So exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Make room for the solar. Sarah, this has been really enlightening. So OCEF, O-C as in Chelsea, org is the website. So it's OCEF, it's O-H. O-H for O-F. Gotcha. Yep. 
ohcef.org. It's been great talking to you and I wish you all in um, your future endeavors and hopefully we can um, continue to engage together. Yeah, sounds great. I really enjoy it. So Price, what is your Memorial Day barbecue um, favorite thing to barbecue on for Memorial Day weekend? Mm, favorite thing to throw on the grill? Well, you know it's going to be some good old fashion American beef. <laughs> I, I mean, I love me some brats. I love me some burgers. Um, uh-huh. I, if I'm going to get really specific with you, I love the Johnsonville cheddar turkey uh, brats. Interesting. I have not had those before, but I will keep my eyes open for them. A much healthier option. You <laughs> typically can't find them everywhere. Um, we usually find them at, believe it or not, Target here in the upstate of South Carolina, oh. but we have a big, heavy batch of them frozen in our freezer. So whenever we want to do need a quick dinner, just you know, throw them in hot water in the sink for about 30 minutes. Yeah, you you can do it. Um, I love some good old kielbasa too, but man, uh, just some good old American red meat. When you, you? uh, well, when you see something that is hard to find and you got your like source to get it from, you just have to stock up the freezer. Yeah. Um, well, you know, actually I really like corn on the cob on the grill. I like how it gets kind of caramelized. So looking forward to that. I'm more of a fixins person, right? So I okay. want okay. the potato salad. I want the corn on the cob. I want ice cream. Like I want all of that stuff. But of course, big juicy burger, um, something else like that fun too. So whatever it is, the weekend look weather looks great here in the um, DMV. So I'm super looking forward to just relaxing with some peeps and uh, eating some good food. I will say when it comes to the fixings and the side portion, I love me some good old fresh asparagus uh, on the grill. Throw a little salt and pepper on it. Just put it on uh, some, uh, maybe on some, just some tinfoil and just kind of let it cook. Not long. Golly, I love some good old grilled asparagus. Well, poor Sarah Spence is like, why are they just talking about (laughs) food when I was the star of the show? Sarah was the real star of the show. You know, another one of our friends from um, an affiliate with the Conservative Energy Network. So Mm -hmm. obviously she was from the Ohio Conservative Energy Forum, but we've had a couple of guests from the Indiana Conservative Alliance for Energy. Hopefully I got those words in the right order. Mm -hmm. We had Mark Fleming a few seasons ago from the um, North Carolina Energy, Conservative Energy Network. They all have different names. So this is what's confusing. CEN, Conservative Energy Network, the parent Mm -hmm. organization. And then they have, as Sarah mentioned in her interview, 22 or 23 states have these affiliate programs, but they all have some sort of different name. Um, We've had others too. I know we have, but just great, you know, to see local folks out there rallying around um, the need for clean energy. And I thought it was really interesting what she said about the state of Ohio in 2014, just making it really hard to cite wind projects. So you know what the market does? We're open for solar now. And so I would never in a million years put Ohio on a, a list of like top solar states, but very interesting to hear and exciting to hear that. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't either. You know, 
kind of like Georgia a few years ago. Well, mm-hmm. maybe it was many moons ago now what it feels like. But you remember the big heavy push in Georgia, yeah, uh, a state where you would not think, uh, you know, the uh, was it the green guy like helped me out. It's been so long. Debbie Dooley's group, the green. Yep. The green oh tea party. Weren't they the green tea party or the something? Green like- tea coalition, I think oh, is what they call it? themselves. Yeah. And it was a, a the kind of mixture that we need now. And they got things done. You know, so true. And that or um, that effort really was sort of born out of energy freedom, right? We should have the mm-hmm. freedom to choose what kind of energy we want in our makeup. And so, yeah. yeah, no, lots of exciting stuff going on. And, you know, would be remiss if Price, we didn't talk about Mark Pache, who founded the Conservative, Conservative Energy Network and kind of gave birth to this um, movement that you know, we have made so many friends through. He sadly passed away last year, um, really tragic fight um, battle with cancer. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know he's dear friends with our Alex Bosmoski and many people in our network. Um, so I only met him a few times, didn't know him super well personally, but just know a lot of people I do know personally thought highly of him. And Sarah said she misses his guidance um, daily. So yeah, um, it's always good to acknowledge those people in our in our lives who have helped pave the way. So he was definitely one of those trailblazers. Yes. Yes. And I want to acknowledge uh, while we pivot ahead and move forward as we get ready for the Memorial day holiday weekend coming up, we will have an episode for you next week guest to be determined. So stand by what we will come out of the holiday weekend next week, firing and strong with a new episode as we barrel toward the end of season six of the Eco Right Speaks podcast and get ready later this summer for season seven. But before we do that, shout out to some new mem- new members who have decided to stand with us. Thomas D in Florida, Linda E in Kentucky, West C in South Carolina, Michael M in Missouri, and Karen R in Arizona. Boy, we're covering the map again this week. And if you want to stand with us, republican.org forward slash join. It takes mere seconds. We make the plea every single week. But if you have not decided or standing with us, we would love for you to do so, Chelsea Anderson. Please, please, please. If you do, Price will make you asparagus on the grill. <laughs> I wish Sorry, I could say making I would, a promise I can't keep. <laughs> I wish I could say I would deliver right to your front door as well. Um, but I would give it the old Boy Scout try. My wife does the best asparagus in the house. Yes, she is within an earshot of me as I'm recording this. So it never hurts to score a few brownie points at home. Yes. Well, Price listeners, I hope everyone has a wonderful Memorial weekend and we'll be back. Uh, it'll be almost June the next time we uh, bring our voices to your ears. So thanks for listening. It will be. Thank you to everybody for investing your time to listen to the Eco Right Speaks. You are in our investors because you are the ones that give us your time every single week to listen to 25, 30 minutes, whatever it is of this Eco Right Speaks podcast. And we will bring you another one next week. Until then, as you said, Shels, happy Memorial Day. Safe travels out there to everybody. We will talk to you then. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Eco Right Speaks podcast, brought to you by the team at RepublicEN.org. Make sure to visit RepublicEN.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local eco-right leader.